Hey, Hardcourt Honey listeners, got another episode coming at you this week. As usual, we have the always opinionated Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson and a returning hunk, Ryan. So, how's it been, Ryan? Things are good. Um... Uh, the last time I talked to you guys, I was still in school, and I'm graduated, so... Uh, Congratulations. You know. Thank you. Thank you. Way my, to go. Earn, earn my bachelor's in communications, and um going to try to hit the job market sooner than later, but with, with the corona season still going, it's going to be kind of tough right now, but um, you know, I'm right now I'm just doing writing, doing podcasting, doing whatever it takes to make myself versatile, versatile for the next, for act two. And then, do you have a podcast? What's your podcast going on right now? Okay, well, I got two things going on. I got one with Belly Up and one with another network. So my, I have a live streaming show every Friday night at 6.30 uh, called A Round for the Weekend. And what I do is I drink and I talk about sports. Um, I love it. Because I, I drink and I know things like uh, like Tyrion Lannister. Uh, <laughs> and my other podcast is Downtown Jets, which is on the Downtown Sport Work. And I just talk about the New York Jets. They're fun times right now. We had an emergency, emergency live stream. On Thursday about Jamal Adams, but that's another that's another oh. podcast for another uh, another another sport. Right now I'm focused yep. on some hoops. On some hoops, perfect, perfect. Okay, um, but this week uh, today's episode is um, presented by Podgo. Um, Podgo is the easiest way for you guys to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently just joined as members, and you guys can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podco.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And when it asks who you, how you heard about them, don't forget, Hardcourt Honeys. That's how you heard about, it, how about them. So P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podco. Okay, so then also this week, a little bit of a twist to the episode. Instead of me corralling everything and having <laughs> Jade and Guess going off, this week it's going to be Jade and I going head v head. And Ryan, who has a playoff bracket for himself, is we're, we're going to try to make a case for our teams that we have. Jade has the Raptors. I have the Bucks, since those are the two out of the East that we have. So... Ryan, I'm going to swing it over to you now for the rest of it. See how you can handle what I do. All right. So I've got some head-to-head questions for the both of you to state your case for your for your clients in general. So for, you know, I'm going to swing it over to Jade first because ladies first. I'm a gentleman, so I got the ladies go first. Hardcore honey. Once you make, yeah, exactly. Honey's first. So for Toronto, Jade, state your case for Toronto, please. The first question is, last year, your team became the first non-U.S.-based franchise to win an NBA title. How can you convince this real American to root for your team? So I went through a few different scenarios and how I was going to pitch this. And I decided to start with the question, uh, kind of throwing a question back to you, Ryan, with the political climate the way that it is in the States right now. Do you really want to be the guy that eliminates a team just because they happen to live north of your borders? You know, you really want to be? You know, I thought about this. I, I was kind of joshing with you in our in our internal Slack line about about not rooting for a team from Canada, but then I went back <laughs> in my family history and I realized that my grandfather actually spent some of his formative years in uh, New Brunswick. 
So okay. I have a little bit of history there with Canada, and I do like a good. I, I'm also a big Canadian Football League fan. I'm a junkie in that regard too. So uh, being a football junkie, so I'm gonna let wow, this. I one never out. hear that. <laughs> I never hear an American person say that. <laughs> But well, I'm a football junkie in in general. You know, I I was I was a beat writer for Arena Football for a couple of years before they folded this year. But I also, but overall in general, I'm, I love football. Period. But I'm getting back into hoops because I kind of I stopped watching the NBA for a while. But, but like I said, for, you know, from based on family history and my also appreciation about our, our neighbors to the north, also known as the Hat of the of North America, uh, I will I will allow a. a a Canadian team to be in the conversation. So, so please continue stating your back to you. Yeah. So that's kind of my first thing. But the other thing is that, I mean, we don't, most of the players are American. Um, although we are a very international squad when it comes down to it, as far as representation, we've got African players, couple Canadian players, mostly U S players. Um, so yeah, I mean, as long as we're all in the same league, which we are, I don't know. I don't think our location should necessarily be a reason not to root for us. Well, your location has caused every major sporting debacle since oh, 1902. Come on. So that's my only issue with you this. Keep coming you up have with ruined this. Ruined every season of every major sport. Okay, how did we ruin? This but not season? the NFL. But not the NFL. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, so three. How did? How are you going to blame Toronto for COVID? I don't know, not for COVID, just for the something happening to the season. It didn't have to be some crazy pandemic like the Black Plague. No, I'm talking just somehow in general, some freak incident like every other time something got canceled. Well, maybe it's karma trying to tell you all in the States that you need to be a little bit more like Canadians. Well, when you start off a conversation saying, what, well, maybe, like, <laughs> no, that's not a strong argument. What, winter nine months out of the year? Come on, Jade. <laughs> I, 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 I live, I, well, I live in, to be fair, I live in upstate New York, so we have we had the same kind of winter. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, part enough. of Ontario is further south than parts of California, so don't give me that. That's true. That is true. All right. So my second question for Toronto, who is the glue that keeps the Raptors? So that was an interesting question. I say mad. No. No, I don't think it's a person. I think it's a mindset. Okay. All of the Raptors uh, throughout the organization are on the same page. They want to win. That's what it's all about. So that means nobody's chasing stats individually. Nobody cares about, even like in post-game interviews, somebody has a great game and they'll ask them about it. And they never talk about themselves. They talk about the team. The only time they talk about themselves is they're like, you know what? I screwed up. I needed to be better and I'm going to be better. That's the only time you hear Raptors talk about themselves. What? That's that's a very Canadian concept, though. I mean, I I see it in hockey, too, because the majority of the NHL uh, players are from Canada. It's a very, it's a very team-oriented mindset i kind of, i kind of dig that and as a, right. as a former as a former as a former chaplain for a professional hockey team in albany i i kind of dig where you're coming from i understand it but that, right. it's that important. That's that's what every good player though they should have that is oh that's every that's that's a, just a good player mentality that's not the thing that holds them together how do you know you I actually, the reason why I'm saying this is because recently, so I started playing a new character on my 2K game, got drafted by the Raptors. So right now I'm making sure my guy is 
arrogant as can be with it. My team chemistry, low as can be. But my fandom is crazy. I am rookie of the year candidate already <laughs> because I'm stat stuffing. Well, since we're not talking about 2K and we're talking about actual basketball teams and hey, actual it's the closest people. thing we got right now. It's the closest thing we got. <laughs> but you still made my <laughs> argument for me because your your team chemistry is garbage. The Raptors well, team chemistry still win. is always good. We still win. So do we. You're so on. You're such a good politician, Jade. You're so. Oh. Third and final question for for Jade Is Nick Nurse the best head coach in the NBA? Okay, so I am not so arrogant that I would say that he is the best But I believe he is among the best coaches Um, Mostly because of what he's been able to do the past two regular seasons With the Raptors having injury after injury after injury after Mm. injury for them to have finished with the third best record, like we had times during the season where uh, Pascal Siakam, our leading scorer, Norman Powell, our sixth man off the bench, Mark Gasol, our defensive savant, and Fred Van Vliet, one of our starting guards, were all on the bench out with injuries at the same time, and we were still winning games. Hmm. That's not an easy thing to do, and I would argue that the majority of NBA coaches would not be able to pull that off. Okay. All right. Solid arguments from our, our lady up north, lady of the north. Now I'm going to turn it over to Taylor. Yes. Taylor, for in, in the defense of Milwaukee, yes. of, of the great Midwest, one of America's mittens, uh, Wisconsin. Ah. We all know that Giannis is the big stag on the team, going with the pun because it's the Bucks. Yes. But outside of Giannis, who is the other stag to watch out for? So, got a couple things. So, the quiet one is Chris Middleton, because when it comes to two-way players... There's very few players better than him. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is a, this is a huge year for him in the playoffs. Last year he was okay. This is like another year where okay, you've been here before. Let's see if you can make it over the edge. Also, okay. the Brook Lopez severely underrated for this squad. Right, mm-hmm. he's one of the lead three point shooters for him, and also he's a great interior defender. Defender with his brother Robin. So you have both those guys there, and with with Milwaukee, I guess I'd have to kind of go to Toronto. It's more of a team thing. Yes, you have Giannis who carries it, but then you have players like then also their guard Eric Bledsoe, where this year he's he's really killing it. But since there's Giannis there, you're not seeing it. He's almost he's getting like 18 a game. He's getting seven assists, like solid starting guard numbers that you want going into the playoffs. And then you have other solid two way players. You have Wesley Matthews, a little bit older. But he's a guy with playoff experience. He knows what it does to takes to win. Um, you have Ersan Ilyasova, who he just knows how to get a bucket. I don't know. His defense, meh. He is great at taking charges, though. That I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have, as another backup guard, you got George Hill, where besides those free throws he missed in the playoffs for Cleveland a couple years ago, where he just had this dead stare of, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. He's been really good for the Buck. So I'd say this is more of a team thing. But if I had to go specific player, it's 1A, Chris Middleton, 1B, Brooke Lopez. Okay. That's that's what what, I'd have to go with. What I've heard Taylor say is that really there isn't a number two guy. It's Giannis. And if Giannis can't get it done, they're in trouble. That's what I just heard. No, because 
when you when Giannis has gone down, this is one of the top teams in the league. Giannis isn't having a great game every game. So that means they're still finding ways to win without Giannis. So when you're on pace for, as Ryan was telling me, 65 wins, and you have one main player, the surrounding group must be as amazing as that one star player. Do you not agree with that? I don't know if I would say... you have one star player and you still have a number one team in a league where you have to have at least three stars to get a title... I, I mean, wouldn't say as I wouldn't say as amazing. They haven't had to play much without him. Okay, but still, he's so he's been healthy. Regardless, he's he's healthy. So as we can see, when when healthy, at least as what he is now is healthy. That's what we have to keep on looking, Jade. He is healthy. There's no injuries to him. Yeah, healthy. It's he's, not going to be. It's not. It would be why he's MVP. Why it's he's not, also leading vote getter for Defensive Player of the Year. I could it's see not, him getting it both this year. First player since Jordan to do that. It's not going to be enough if they go against the healthy Raptors. No, I f- Rap Bucks have the best matchup for the Raptors because they can match mano a mano each time around, position wise. I think we. I think people think that a lot because the Raptors have had so many injuries. You think everyone underrates your Raptors? You think the league thinks they are the shittiest team in the league? You're like, yep. They're the least worried team in the league. No, they're bad. They're bad. No, they're still the t- the title team. Come on. You're saying everyone underestimates I them. I don't think everyone does. Oh, my word. Hey, I know you have respect for the Raptors. Don't play like I'm oh, not. I'm saying I don't, but at the same time, I have humbleness to admit that they're not a golden team. Yes, I they're said they were a golden team, team but, but I do to- know... I do know that the States doesn't get the Raptors games the way that we do. I know that I see them more. I know that even the other analysts that work for the other teams aren't watching the Raptors. You're, you just always pull the we're from Canada card that no one cares. No, you guys just won a title. They pay attention to you. You're one Most- of the leaders on national television this past year. So shush. You're talking about a team not getting media attention, Jade. Get on the Timberwolves level. No. Close your Um, mouth. Close your mouth. Timberwolves suck, though. (laughs) I'm talking about a good team that is still always underestimated. Don't say that. Raptors get attention. They just won a title. I didn't say they didn't get attention. I said they don't get as much credit as they deserve. They are still underestimated. How can you not get enough credit when you just won a title? If you were a Raptors fan interacting with other fans, you would know the answer to that question. Of course a Raptors fan is going to do that because they're always going to be on the defensive end with it because they think every other team hates it when really every other team hates the Knicks. Sorry, <laughs> That's actually true because the Knicks are <laughs> terrible and they have a terrible owner. Sorry, Ryan. Um, There's a lot of buildup from multiple weeks of me not being able to chime in at Jade because I need to... <laughs> I need to be the moderator. So this is just a venting session. Uh, so, 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 so am I to understand that I'm more so much not a question asker, but I'm more of a mediator in this, in this uh, episode? No, 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 you question. No, you keep asking the questions. This is just something right. letting loose on Jade. So you go. Next okay. question. Next question for it. All right. Next question. Go, I'm keeping on the topic of Giannis. Perfect. Is Giannis more, and this is about a question of his versatility. Is Giannis more than a guy who just dunks? 
I mean, he has. Got, that's, he does. You do see the highlight reel dunks he has, but is he more than just that? Yes, you see all the dunks, but his IQ is off the court, uh, off the off the charts. The court, gosh, off the charts with no it. No pun all. intended. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he, there's very few guys in the league with his his speed, his size, his jumping ability with that kind of IQ. It's kind. He's a way kind of like Harden, where is Harden just a guy who shoots free throws? Well, he still gets buckets. Giannis just dunks the ball. Shaq had the best comparison. Giannis is the current day Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal won titles without having to have any form of any other offensive game besides give me the ball, I'm going to roll over the next guy, and I'm going to dunk on them. Since we are in such a smaller league, Giannis is a giant to them. And when you have the wingspan of a condor, like you, the way he jumps, if he had the right kind of suit on, he'd be like a flying squirrel. He would be able just to go from half court, fly into the hoop. So he is a guy, he, he's more than a guy who just dunks. But offensively, he does, he does need to build up a little bit more considering with the way the game goes. But as of right now, don't fix what's not broken. Right now, no one, yes, it's pretty generic on what he's going to do, but no one's stopping him. So right now, at least in where the Bucks are, why worry about changing it? Worry about changing stuff in the offseason when you have time, when you can get yourself prepared for it. Right now, if, if it's the dunks that's getting you by, stick to the dunks. That's, that's the thing I see. Great IQ, doesn't have to worry about getting another game right. So that's my defense for Giannis. Okay. Any... Anything to I, rebut with Jane? I I don't. I love Giannis. I think he's uh he's really talented. I hate the Shaq comparison though, because I think Giannis's work ethic is far and away better than Shaq's was I'm when talking, he was winning titles. I'm taking play style wise. Like I'm saying, young Orlando Magic Shaq. That's I'm not saying like work ethic style. I'm saying like yeah. play style because Shaq Orlando Magic he could get the rebound and he could take it up the court. He didn't have the IQ, though, of Giannis. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he needs a jump shot, a more consistent jump shot still, and I think his handles could use work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I I have love for Giannis. I don't have anything bad to say. And the guy's humble beyond all reasoning. I love yeah, he's him. he's a really nice guy. I love him and his family whenever they do workout videos together. Just one more reason he's going to fit when he comes to Toronto when the Bucks lose this year. Well, he's already got a brother on his team right now, so <laughs> stop having that dream wish there. He's already got a brother. Why would he leave when he's got family on the team? Family and if him. He wants to win. Budenholzer is not a playoff coach, so I think this is a year. This is the best Budenholzer team he's ever had. I think this is the year they finally make it over. Budenholzer is a very Wisconsin name too. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's that it's that Midwest German type name. It's yeah, just it just that, that sounds like a German brewery right there. Right, exactly. The <laughs> pub. <laughs> Big old Holzer Brewery, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right, my last question for Milwaukee. Until Rona hit, the Bucks were having the best season in franchise history. When the when the NBA returns, not if, but when bubble season begins. Can they maintain the pace they set in their first 65 games? Because they won 53 games in 65. I say no, just because every team that's coming back is going to have a slight rust to them. 
I don't care. Every single team, some more than others. So I feel like it's going to be a slow start. So there's going to be maybe a bump or bruise or two going into it. Will they still end off well? Yeah, they will. But the first few games, I could see somebody being kind of rusty, missing these shots that they would usually make. So I would probably say no with it mm-hmm. just because of the rest of it all. And okay. then not being able to get to a legit training facility until now. It's okay. Pretty much doing it on your own. Okay. That's my defense for the Bucks. Now, with- now I've, I've been following the NHL's phases. Uh, they're in phase two right now. Does the NBA have something similar to the NHL or is it just kind of, they're still working things out with uh, things? Not right now to my knowledge of having any of that set. Um, um I saw something from Woj last night. Let me see if I can find it here quick. Ooh, is it a bomb or is it a bomb or a grenade? <laughs> um, this one might have just been information this time. I don't oh, think okay. it was. This is just a. This is crazy. just a. Uh, this is just a radio bomb. call. I got it. I yeah. feel like Bleacher Report should just have that kind of as a trending button of just Woj bombs. That's just yeah. it has its own trending topic. I feel like that's necessary. Okay, so this is Woj. This is Woj. This is not so much a bomb or a grenade. It's just intel. Yep. I mean, it's a competitive market for breaking news, but see who gets the news first. But I'm looking more at who gets it right. Not so much who gets it first. And that's, that's, that's where Woj, that's where Woj for me, like anybody can say anything, but until Woj says it, I don't believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once Woj says it, that's when I'm like, okay, it's real. Yep. It's okay, real. And I did find, I found the tweets. So Good this is, these are from about 20 hours ago. So starting on Tuesday, the NBA will allow up to 10 coaches in facilities um, as ramp up for the return. And then um, teams can have four players June 23rd to 30th at a facility, eight players in a facility July 1st to 9th. And from there, teams will leave for Orlando for for full training camps. Okay. So kind of over the next two weeks, they'll be ramping up um, local uh, training camp before the teams go arrive in Orlando. Assuming that's still going to happen because apparently Florida is like – blowing up right now so if they've got like they've got like two weeks to decide if florida is still the way to go no it's florida Florida (laughs) listeners i'm sorry i'm sorry that's not sorry sorry penny (laughs) happy birthday by the way penny (laughs) if you're listening but i mean the way i've been thinking about it is they're going to be everything is going to be closed right like the teams are going to go from their transportation to the airport or into the plane, out of the plane, directly to transportation. Like, there's not going to be mixing with the general populace on no. route to Orlando, to the bubble. And I don't really think they can back down on it now, regardless of what's happening. Do you think that the NBA is going to get, like, cabin fever with it all? Like, are, are, like okay, Kyrie Irving's already insane. But <laughs> going to be insane, too. What does he care? He's not going to play. That's true. He's That's he true. wants to start his own league with other players, which I was like the XBA. He wants <laughs> which he vehemently denies saying that for the record. I mean, well, he's the same I totally guy. Believe, I totally believe he said it, but just for the record, he says he didn't. He's the same guy who who thinks the world is you know whatever. Which he also <laughs> went back on that. Which come on, <laughs> come on, man, stick to your guns. Exactly. I don't know how he got voted P of the Players Association. Like, what were right? they thinking? 
<laughs> like this is the guy that's second in command. Really? Oh, and I mean, there's multiple. Uh, there's more than one VP. I was actually just reading up on that recently. There's more than one, but still. <laughs> conspiracy theorist as your or, or, or alleged conspiracy theorist as your VP of of the Players Association. Oh my! More conspiracy theory ideas that I can think of. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna have to like, another episode. To go from Pau Gasol to have one. Kyrie Irving take his place. I don't. My brain refuses to wrap itself around that that decision making by the players. Pau Gasol is like the definition of professionalism. Yeah. How do you take a step down? From Gasol to that. Like, like, I feel like there are multiple steps down between Gasol and Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. Def- Honestly, I think it's one of the... I think that should be a thing where it's the aging veteran superstar that should be, a, like, the president or a VP of it. Like, the guy that's in his 12th, 13th season that is, like, a five-time all-star at least where he knows the ins and outs of the league someone like a Pau Gasol and then you go from that to earth is flat I'm gonna make my own my own XFL and I don't kill teams so (laughs) that makes it makes me wonder though what is it about Kyrie that the his colleague his peers like so much that we are not seeing he thinks he keeps things interesting He's left the party, apparently. Well, I mean, considering how outlandish some of his takes are, the reason why he's the head, the life of the party is because he's probably holding. <laughs> Someone's probably ready to match him or something, but because that's the only way he can get that nutty. That's how he's the life of the party. But I mean, I do slightly understand his hesitation for playing a little bit, considering the Nets were one of the first teams to have a bit of an outbreak for it for the team. So I kind of get a little bit of the hesitation, just like if Utah was kind of like, I'm a little set with it, since we already but I had... Thought his stuff, I thought his stuff was about the social issues, not it so much was, the it was, it was both. It was both? At first it was health, and then it was the social justice issue. But, Jade, like you did last week, you swayed, or the other night, you swayed my views. Well, you're going to be in front of the mic the entire time. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Because no, that's what a bunch of people are going to be as they show. But I digress. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to get our takes on your on the other teams in your bracket, Ryan? Yeah, I, I've got. Let's see who I've got left. So I had some criteria for it before. Before I did the bracket, I had some criteria. Do you want? Do you want to hear the criteria? What the criteria was? Yes, yeah, break down the criteria. Oh, okay, so my criteria for getting to for getting a root team to root for no West Coast team. I'm because I'm an East Coast guy. Dang no Flo- no Florida's based teams because I don't want to get Carol Baskin'd. Uh, You're gonna no, die. Yeah, I don't want to die or get eaten by a tiger. Um, no teams that have relocated over the last 15 years. As much as I wanted to root for Oklahoma City, I had to put that caveat in there because I don't like the way that Houston dealt with uh, dealt with Chris Paul and just gave him up willy nilly when it, it, he had still some good years left. I think not Boston because I'm a New York guy. That's fair. And not Utah because Rudy Gobert. That's uh, fair. So that was my that was my criteria for. <laughs> I see Jade laughing, <laughs> and, and I and I had that pair, I had that uh, satire article about them showing up in a in, in the, the unveiled their new hazmat suit. Uh, I thought that was pretty clever part, but humble not to brag. Uh, let's see. So <laughs> the shoulders off. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, now pat myself on the back a little bit for this that little you know, humor. All right, so here the teams that are left. Uh, the teams that are left are ter- obviously Toronto and Milwaukee. Then you got Indiana, Denver, Houston, and Dallas. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. I have a bit of a curiosity about Indiana because I feel like they're like a sleeper team. And any team that has basketball Jesus, as it were, running your team as an executive or a coach, they're going to be competitive. So I kind of do you feel like guys feel the same? Do you both feel the same way about the Pacers possibly being a sleeper team in the, that could go far in the playoffs? Depend. I just saw some news today on Bleach Report. Um, Victor Oladipo right now is on the fence if he's going to be returning from the hamstring injury he had, or was mm. it an ACL? I can't remember. But from the major injury he had, he's on the border. If he does come back, I think they are serious de- uh, dead horse. Huh. Dark horse for it all. <laughs> Indiana has always been one of my probably top 10 favorite teams just all time. Cause I'm a huge Reggie Miller fan. Um, and I bet you're right. Basketball Jesus with Larry Bird running the, right there. Um, Sabonis is one of the most underrated players in the league. He got the I got the all-star nod this year, which good for him. Malcolm Brogdon is one of the most complete point guard, starting point guards in the league. Um, he's efficient at everything he does. And Miles Turner is a great interior defender that can step out in a three-pointer. And they got a solid role, role team. So if Victor Oladipo comes back, I say they got a good dark horse chance to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals and put up a fight. So that's okay. my take with Indiana. Okay. Jade, what about you? Um, I don't see them as a dark horse because kind of historically teams that haven't had a lot of playoff history recently don't go into a a second playoffs in a row and go on deep runs. Mm -hmm. It builds up over time. Um, It was the thing that I said last year when everyone had Milwaukee coming out of the East. I think on paper, Milwaukee was a better team than Toronto, but when it's a young superstar, and kind of a first, second, third dip in the playoff pool, if you will. It's difficult. Like, you need playoff experience to have playoff success historically. Michael Jordan needed it. LeBron James needed it. And I think Indiana's kind of in that spot where if they have some consistency over a season or two, I would be worried about them. But the fact that Oladipo hasn't been playing um, and he's already going to have to work himself back. Like, Mm -hmm. typically being off for that amount of time, you're looking at a full regular season before a player is really back to form. So just between the short period of time and the fact that this this Indiana squad doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, I don't see them as being a threat this year. Okay. And Taylor, you're about to say something. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Jade, say three years down the road, are they a title contender? If Oladipo gets back to form and does what I think he's capable of doing, I say yeah, they could be. Okay, cool. I just wanted to, I just wanted to know because I am huge Depot fan, so I just wanted to make sure. But and out of the West, thank you, thank you, thank you both for your answer. And out of the West, uh, I've got questions about Denver. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit I'm a little intrigued by them because they were they were also one of the teams running momentum until Ro- Rona arrived. But my question is, uh, is Nikola Jokic playoff MVP material? And Jade, I'm going to give that to you. I don't think so. I've never been super sold on Jokic. Um, A lot of that had to do with his weight, which I know is no longer a thing. He's lost Mm -hmm. 35, 40, 
maybe 45 pounds. Um, but that's also going to affect his game. When a player loses that much weight that quickly, he basically is going to have to reteach his body how to move. And his ease of movement that people point to and say he's a great player, and I'm not saying he's not a great player, but he, he is used to moving with that amount of weight. That's going mm-hmm. to be an adjustment, and I don't think it's going to be an adjustment. Again, having such a short number of games before the playoffs start in the bubble, I don't know that that's an adjustment he's going to be able to make in time to be super effective. Um, and he might not even like playing at that weight. I know that he has he's mentioned in the past that he enjoys being heavier to play. So that's part of the reason I was surprised he lost as much weight as he has. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him replace some of that weight loss with some some weight work and some muscle for next season. Uh, but MVP for him, no, I don't I, I don't think so for him. Okay, Taylor. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's very straightforward. Just well, because like what Jay was going with the weight thing. One of the few things that he had going for him on defense was you couldn't push him around just because he was such a Frankenstein built body, like Frankenstein's monster. Like, honestly, like he runs like he's got a stick up his butt sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Great visual for everyone. Frankenstein's monster with a stick up its butt. Uh, <laughs> that should be a t shirt. <laughs> there you go. I would. I am key because with this weight loss, it's going to be. We will see a more, more than likely, see a more athletic Jokic. So not this year, but give me a full season of in shape Jokic, then maybe it might be a different story. But for this right now, I think their Rocky Mountain High is going to be coming down, and they're going to need to find a new thing. They're going to need to find a new stash. Especially being out West and having teams like the Clippers and the Lakers coming into the playoffs healthy. Like that was the big thing at the beginning of the season was I wasn't willing to say the Lakers or the Clippers are for sure going to get it because there was a whole season to play and people were going to be injured. LeBron and AD, Kawhi and uh, um, Paul George. Paul George, thank you. <laughs> I do that every single time with his name, and I don't know why. Every single time, my brain breaks. Uh, but yeah, all four of those guys have injury concerns. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, for me, it was like, I can't automatically give it to an L.A. team knowing that those liabilities are there. But now that everyone's coming in healthy, that's all out the window. And ha- knowing that the Eastern, the Western Conference goes through L.A., I don't think Denver has it to get through either of those. They're a great offensive team. Their defense, I don't know who the defensive leader is for that squad. Mm-hmm. I really don't. They don't have a guy that control the control the defense, be that defensive general. Offensively, yeah. pretty much their entire team can take the ball up the court and start initiating the offense. So, but yeah, you're right. It's going to be running through an LA team. And right now, both of them are healthy. And it's hard to argue against both of those team LA teams healthy. So I this is the first year, very few times that me and Jade agree. Okay, then. <laughs> we that, agree quite a bit as long as we're not talking about Toronto. <laughs> is that? I wonder why. <sighs> oh, fun. fun times. Good times. <laughs> Any... Uh, you, you still have who else do you still have? You have still have Dallas in your bracket. I have Dallas and I have Houston as well. Uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of curious about uh, I've I've got a question about Houston. Do, 
are they ready to launch, so to speak? I mean, no pun, pun heavily intended because of the rockets. Or is their team chemistry doomed to make the rocket explode? Jade, do you want to take this rodeo or do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> I went first last time, so I'll let you go. Oh, this thing's going to explode right away. <laughs> I'm sorry. We t- me and Jade have been talking about this like occasionally every week. You can't go. You you're starting center. I don't care if it is a shorter league now or a small ball league. Your starting center cannot be PJ Tucker. He is a bulldog of a player, but he's 36. He can't do as much as he can anymore. They have Robert Covington. As much as I love Rocco, they have him at the power forward. Timberwolves tried to do that with him. It didn't work out that well. He is one of the best wing defenders. Put him in the post. Not strong enough for it. Rest And Russell Westbrook, I think, he is on the beginning. The beginning, he's still at a high level, but he's on the beginning of his decline. Because his efficiency has dropped immense. Stats look the same almost. But when you're shooting 38% from the field and like 22% from three-point, which asterisk by those kind of shooting numbers because I'm just pulling the ones out. But it's just going to be... James Harden running. And also, Mike D'Antoni is the definition of regular season team. He can't make it done in the playoffs. His offense is killer, but it doesn't... His his team idea idea does not work for them. No. So, they will explode, possibly on blast off. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, too. Especially the D'Antoni part. Like, everybody knows the play slows down in the playoffs. And D'Antoni's entire offense is based on run and gun. It's got to happen fast. Um, so it's it's never a, a, a great situation for playoff basketball if that's your only kind of card that you have to play in terms of running an offense. And yeah, Tucker's just too small. Like, how are they going to go up against the Lakers? The Lakers starting lineup are giants. The whole starting lineup is huge. How are how are they going to compete against that in a seven-game series? Yeah, when you have, have LeBron and then AD and then your two centers are either Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, I'm, yeah, yeah, sorry. No. 6-5 isn't going to cut it against a 7-2 JaVale McGee. Which makes it really interesting for me that Vegas is giving pretty good odds to Houston for the finals this year. I don't know who makes up that stuff, but... They, well, I think they're like fourth. It's because of Harden. It is because of Harden. But Harden's never proven anything ever. I know. That's why it's so baffling to me. Harden has no resume that that supports that he can actually get it done in the playoffs, except for the fact that his numbers don't drop off a lot in the playoffs. His efficiency gets worse, which you expect. But time and again, that team has proven that Harden by himself is not enough, and they don't have the pieces around him, I don't think, to make a realistic run at the finals. Yep. Houston's lame. They're going to blow up. (laughs) (laughs) My take of the day. Houston's lame. My last team is Dallas. Outside of Luka Doncic, who do they have that I should pay attention to? Ooh, see, Dallas is my third favorite team. I love that squad. I think they are going to be a serious problem in the West in two or three seasons. Yeah, it, I, 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 I'm, I like them because of because of uh, Cuban. I, I'm a Cuban guy. <laughs> yeah, so he's put together a really interesting squad. Porzingis, if he can get and stay healthy, the the day that happens with Luca, it's if 
those two can be healthy and get some run. But the rest of their supporting cast, a lot of them are very good too. Um, I, of course, have a, a soft spot for... Um, Real soft spot soft. if you remember that. Seriously. He was a Raptor too. And I'm I'm having a day where my brain... Is What's that? Donnelly Smith? Or- no, he's a, he's a point guard, backup point guard. Um, really? I can see his face. I'll come back to it. Not Tim um, Hardaway Jr. No, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a small format. No. no. Um, Nicola Melli, who is an Italian sharpshooter kid, he's going to be very, very good. Um, Kleba, I can't remember his first name. Oh, Max Kleba? Max, Maxi Kleba. He's going to be really good. And he's from the same itty-bitty town Dirk Nowitzki's from. Yeah, I was going to say, they're both from Germany. Yeah, they're bringing back that German. DeLon, oh, DeLon Wright, that's the guy. There you he, go. He's solid. Hardaway still does solid stuff. Seth Curry's out there. And I know like people are like, oh, he's not Steph. Yeah, no, he's not Steph. But he's a solid player. Huh? It's hard to be Steph. Seriously. <laughs> he's a top 10 player of all time. I'm sorry, you're not going to be as good as your brother. Exactly. <laughs> but he's a solid, he's a perfectly serviceable basketball player. Like, I don't see that they have any huge liabilities on their lineup the way it's built right now. They're playing the most efficient offense in the history of the NBA this season, which is insane. And they're they're a decent defensive team too. And because they're so young, like I said, if a two or three more seasons together and the West should look out because I think they're gonna be right there. Eastern conference in three years, Jay, just side Indiana versus Dallas. Ooh, that would be fun. For the That'd final really and for, for the, the finals. Okay. Thinking of the matchup, Sabonis, Porzingis, Depot, and Doncic. Um, yeah, I could. That would be fun. But me. But you know, Dallas, LeBron's going to try to manipulate one of those guys from those teams to join him in LA. I hope because he he could. He's the Emperor Palpatine of the NBA. He just <laughs> somehow convinces guys to come over and join his squad, and they run the table. He's only missed what three playoff series in his entire career. Yep, including right. last year. Should have humbled him, hopefully, but I mean, obviously, learn because they got Anthony Davis. <laughs> the re- he's the real president and GM, LeBron James. But for me, Dallas, at least they are there. I am with Jade. They're my third favorite team. There were mm-hmm. uh, Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash were beside uh, Kevin Garnett were some of the first players that got me interested into basketball. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Garnett being like, "Oh, he's awesome to watch," but then seeing the athleticism, I'm like, "I can't do that." And I look over at Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, and I'm like, ooh, I can do that. So I view also this Doncic-Porzingis combination as Dirk and Steve Nash 2.0. So I, they're more athletic versions of those players. So I hope Cuban decides to stick it out with these two instead of pull the rug too early with Steve Nash. Steve Nash, the next year when he left Dallas, he got MVP with Phoenix, so... They would have just waited. Who would have known? But, yeah, they're not going to make it this year. One other player that I want to mention for that team that's going to be a solid player for them in the near future, Willie Cauley-Stein at their center. Mm-hmm. He is a prototypical center that you want in, this, in the fact of he can do solid picks. He's a great defender. He rebounds. He can go up for the alley-oop. He, is, he fits what you need in the league as a center today. I mean, doesn't have the three-point shot, but whatever. Porzingis, offensively, when healthy, pretty much has the entire arsenal. And Doncic also is 
top three favorite player for me right now in the league too. Like mm-hmm. when I first got my 2K game, the player I tried to replicate as close as possible was Luca. And like I went online to try to figure out, okay, like what was the closest stat line I can do with it? And the person on YouTube, when he was setting it up, he goes, well, guess what, you guys? There's no physical way that you can actually get the stat line of Luca. So I don't want to do an episode on it. And it was like a two-minute video. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to have to make my own guess with it. But Dallas, I love Rick Carlisle, too. He is a Hall of Fame coach for me. He's been with the team for 11 years. But, yeah, there's still three years for me. Yeah. Three years. But Mark Cuban's brilliant mind, so I know he's he might even be able to speed up the process by adding one more piece. So mm-hmm. I think it's funny that Mark Cuban, the owner, can be the biggest draw for that team. Right. You got an <clears throat> owner that cares about basketball and the team instead of just an owner that cares about owning a team. James Dolan. Sorry. <laughs> just throw him under the bus again. Just a guy that owns stuff to own stuff, you little arrogant baby he fits <laughs> under there so perfectly it's hard not to throw him under the bus oh. mm. sorry chaka once again <laughs> dallas three years okay all right i'll make my i'll start making my brackets tomorrow for the voting for the new round of voting and we'll see what happens from there i know you'll take my opinions more to heart <laughs> oh i'm 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 gonna be i'm equally siphon, siphoning out your uh your opinion so it's just this is an equal opportunity this is an equal opportunity uh uh session here <laughs> jay i banned from you to talk be. to him for the next two days so <laughs> i don't want some behind the scenes raptor twisting the arm being like yeah they're the best no i don't want them. No. i have more respect for ryan's ability to make up his own mind than that okay good i just want to make sure we how to set that straight yeah I, I i will say this i am kind of i am kind of uh wary of a team that has shorter arms than a t-rex can shoot the back so. <laughs> sorry dude, i had to get a dinosaur joke all right so here's my first fast break question for you two we obviously had you know we had the docuseries the last dance and it was about the brilliance of the 90 1996 to 1998 chicago bulls uh, who have not won a title since the last Title in night. But if there were an ESPN docuseries similar to The Last Dance that featured the most snake bit NBA franchises, which franchise would it focus on? Jade, you go first with that. I got it. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go with the Knicks. Um, really? I I did a series last summer. Um, I had this idea of let's let's dig in and, and understand why a a team that is the most valuable team in North American sports is so bad for so long and <laughs> it was, well it was intended to be just one article and it turned into four articles that are all like three or four thousand words because there's just so much stuff so you just wrote, just wrote nick nurse, nick the, nurse two thousand times <laughs> nick nurse nick nurse nick nurse nick nurse pascal siakam nick nurse nick nurse what are you even talking about i thought you were talking about the raptors how many words that you're using it was just you writing nick nurse all the many times oh boy anyways <laughs> this was before they won so i didn't have that hindsight yet. um but yeah going digging into all of the things um dolan has done wrong and why they were such terrible ideas and just even the overall culture of the team away from actual play 
was really fascinating for me. Uh, and I think, and there was lots of stuff I had to leave out because there was just too much stuff. So I think that would make a really interesting docuseries. Now, now are you talking the Knicks from, from since 99. 2000 on? Okay, since, since, from, since their yeah. last NBA Finals. Okay. Right. Taylor, what about you? I and I just want to add, I, I do have one. I I'm, I'm th- I have one I would really love to do, but I'll let you go. I got, I would say either the three-peat Lakers, just because it was like an on-again, off-again relationship kind of thing. And okay. I know there's a bunch of stuff that wasn't told. Like, who honestly, who really knows the true relationship of Ch- Shaq and Kobe except Shaq and Kobe? That is one of the most complicated relationships in NBA history when it comes to a one-two punch. How you can have possibly some of the most dysfunctional chemistry between two star players, but then at the same time have it work out so perfectly. That or else the Sacramento Kings 2000-2001, I'd have to say. Mm. Because that was, for me at least, arguably the best team to never win a title. That was a team that... I personally think, and I've already we've already discussed the conspiracy theory of that series. Yep. Um, they should have won, and even Shaq has gone on record that was a better team. We just had the two best players, but in actuality, no, King should have won. I want a deeper look. I want like a true crime kind of set up story about that King series. So those are my two things: okay. the Kings and the three Pete Lakers in that same era. Okay. What? I have one. I have one. I kind of the Vancouver Grizzlies prior to them moving to Memphis. That's I want to know the reasoning for story. the. Yeah, I want to know the reason behind the uniform, their logo, the bad drafts they had. Um, I know they drafted Big Country. He was my one my favorite. Uh, he was one of my favorite college basketball players ever because he beat UMass in the in the Eastern the um was it the Elite Eight back in '95 and I followed that team. Uh, followed the. Oklahoma State team, and they were they were a fun team to watch with. But I just want to kind of know what I mean. What was the vibe in Vancouver when an NBA franchise was announced? And I wanted I I kind of want to know those things before they moved to Memphis and why it worked so why it was so why it was so badly done before they decided to up and move. I mean, I have a little bit of insight on that. <laughs> okay, we'll do a deeper dive in another episode. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious about that whole thing. I, I but, like that idea though. That one's not necessarily controversial. It's more of what happened, right? Yeah. That's why I want to know why, why were they so bad? Those where are what? they now? Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> spoiler alert: They're in Memphis. <laughs> um, all right. So, second question: Does Di- Does Zion Williamson blow out a sneaker during the NBA bubble series? And if he does, should he sue Michael Jordan and Nike and run to Adidas? <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh my God. Taylor's face. You <laughs> look shocked. I'll start because it's a legit possibility right now, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Considering how dense he is, like, he's like a gold brick. Like, he's compact and small, but he's just, you punch him and you break your hand. Mm-hmm. So, considering the way he cuts, like, when he cuts to the hoop and the size he's at, the weight and the explosiveness of him. Yeah, compare him to an NFL wide receiver, big and cuts really, really well. Well, I want him to go Puma. (laughs) So I'll agree with Taylor that it's a very real possibility. Um, But I'll take the second part of the question and say, if it happens, to me, that needs to be a wake-up call to him and his team and his trainers that he needs to change his body makeup 
the way his body is built right now is not built for a long-term NBA career. I'm not saying he's out of shape. I'm not saying he's overweight. I'm saying he's going to do a lot of jumping. And at that mass, that is not conducive to long-term healthy knees yeah. in the NBA at the speed that it moves right now. Yeah, it you just don't want you don't want to see him turn into like Greg Odinson. No. Where his career, career's cut short because he's got bad knee. Yeah, exactly. And like a lot of people have this argument. That they're like, well, he's not out of shape. I'm not saying he's out of shape. The dude is in ridiculous shape for a football player. Yeah. He's not in the right kind of shape for a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. My third and final question, fast break question. Which former NBA player should be the focus of a future ESPN 30 for 30 series? And why is it George Mirasan? He's still alive. You could interview him. I mean, come on. The most, one of the most unique characters in NBA history. Seven feet, seven inches tall. Come on. Wasn't he in a movie? Yes, he was in My Giant with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Honestly, they should. Because that's what he's one of the really tall players in the NBA that come in are always seem so mythical. Even mm-hmm. though it's a tall person sport. Like, even Sean Bradley, that little, that, Gangly Space Jam, who was in Space Jam, by he the was way, in Space remember? Jam. That, <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why Taco Fall is such a big name yes. all of a sudden, too. It's yes. not because we've seen him do anything; it's because he's freakishly and, tall. And as much as I don't want to root for the Celtics, I want to root for the Celtics because of Taco Fall. He's Taco so likable, right? He's such a likable guy. Charismatic kid. Yeah, he knows that. He knows the the meme that he is. And he yeah. embraces it. He embraces it. Yeah. So maybe that should be the 30 for 30. Seven the tall feet guys, the NBA. Like Se- seven feet, the story, of, the story of NBA center. <laughs> I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say that they're a mythical creature. I should say it's more like a, oh, we haven't seen this animal on camera ever. And then we finally got the footage, like some planet Earth stuff with it. Being like, we've never had this seven foot five player, yes. but here it is for the first time. And we need like, a well-known British voice to be the narrator doing the soft narration. Exactly. It's got to be Attenborough. I'm trying to think of maybe someone in the NBA that could do it that would make me chuckle a little bit while doing the while narrating Chris, it. Chris Bosch is an amazing voice for narrating. I was going to say, Chris Bosch has also got some humor in it, too. The other yeah. day, I just I just rewatched his original like viral video for him to get to the All Star game, and it made me chuckle. Him dressed up as a cowboy with a fake little gut on him, trying to sell cars and like pickup trucks slash also get some votes for the All Star game. So, <laughs> Chris Bosh, I could see that one. A Charles Barkley. Of, uh, Charles Barkley's too much of a clown. That's, yeah, that's what I want to hear. I want terrible, him. terrible, terrible. <laughs> hear that southern drawl slang that he has commenting the entire time about it all like that's why i want to hear barkley give him a script make him stick to the script but have him (laughs) pronounce it the way he'd pronounce it and have it written for david attenborough read by charles barkley sir david attenborough is still alive so i apologize for don't don't sue me sir okay so we did it still national world treasure that is david attenborough yeah Actually, you know who should narrate it is Muggsy Bogues, the shortest oh. player in NBA history. Ooh, I like little, that. Little, little I like contrast. That. I like that. <laughs> Story of Giants read by the shortest player ever to play. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Put two Muggsy Bogues on each other, then they got Yao Ming. Or you have or you have one we have one narration done by Muggsy Bogues and the other one done by Spud Webb. 
What about Earl Boykins? He Earl was Boykins? five five. Denver, yeah. Denver. My mom loved him because he was so small. <laughs> she always brings him up. She's Boykins still play? I'm like, that's like sixteen years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked him. Yeah. Okay. Once again, Ryan, thanks so much for coming in. You taking taking the wheel for us today. Um, it was great for me to finally let loose and do my <laughs> ideas. Jade, you are a worthy adversary. I tip my hat to thee. You uh, as well. Jade, before we close up, do you have anything that you want to plug right now? Yeah, just remember, we also are live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for Hardcore Honeys Presents Hashtag NBA Twitter, where we will discuss and mostly get Taylor's reactions on the best NBA Twitter tweets I could find through the week. If you want to send us your tweets, you can add us at um, HC Honeys on Twitter. You can use hashtag HCHBust, and uh, we'll give you a shout out and discuss your tweet live on the air. Perfect. And then side note, I started to try to get the Facebook page going, bumps and bruises, because I am not technologically savvy with social media. But by the Twitter live by Thursday, I I will have up the Facebook up and running for us. So follow us and subscribe there, too, because we'll have all that stuff going through there. So got all the outlets. Ryan, once again, thank you. Jade, I guess okay. <laughs> no, and, and thank you, thank you both for having me on. This was this was a fun episode, and hope things will uh, hope, hope we'll all have a team to root for this before July thirty first when things start up again. Hopefully, Don't things worry, start the up Bucks again. Will please you. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, y'all. Stay safe and stay healthy. And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Dads, yeah, the, the dads, Father's the uncles, Day. and father figures in between.